drops and lariats from the top rope, you can't cope. The effing wrestling podcast in the house, now that's dope. Starcade and SummerSlam all rolled into one. Drop kicks, sleeper hoes, one, two, three, done. Whole mics like Mean Gene and Gordon Soli. I'm Ricky the Dragon Steamboat with that Crockett Trophy. So listen closely as we approach the final hour in an instant. Hands raised, crowds phase without the time limit. Effing wrestling podcast with that ultimate finish. Suplex, now you end it. Yes, yes. Ladies and gentlemen, enjoy the show. Let's go. What's up, everybody? I am JR. That right there is Chase. And joining us on this special occasion, one of my personal ECW favorites, the legend himself, C.W. Anderson. Sir, thank you for joining us. Guys, thank you so much for having me on. There it is. C.W. Oh, my God. That's crazy. So, in prep, you know what I mean? Just getting ready for the show and everything. Um, I've gone back and watched so many of your matches, but right now, I'm watching your damn the Tommy Dreamer I Quit match. That seems to be the one everybody goes to. And everybody's watching y'all, man. We were talking right before we started. This is my pre-workout, post-workout, because my fiance just whooped my ass. So I'll be drinking a little bit of this while we talk. So <laughs> oh, yeah, no, problem. no problem. So yo, so just to start it off, I this que- I've been wanting to ask you this question for years. The ring bell spot that you took, what in the hell went into that? Like what? How, what, what, oh my God, because that, that looked crazy. It was, that was actually, that wasn't me selling, that was me trying to get my damn hearing back because it was literally ringing. It was one of those that was, Tony and I, Tony, Tommy and I did it a lot and it was more to the balls when we were doing these spots, Mm -hmm. but he just got that wild hair across his ass to do it in my ear that time and it was on the fly and, really, you know, I, I trusted Tommy and when he hit it. I was like, I should punch you in the damn throat because this shit, <laughs> it was just a warm, warm, warm. And I'm sitting there trying to get it out of yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was all right, man. And it, made for, it added to it. So it is yeah. what it is with that. Right. That's awesome, man. And um, the stuff, wrestling is just not the same. I'm 41. So I'm a fan of the old, you know, the good old stuff, the good old days stuff. You know what I mean? And um, wrestling is just not the same. Just from my influences, you know, Dusty, you know, Rick, all that kind of stuff. Um, Going back, Going back to your beginnings, um, I read, you know, some of your influence, Dusty, on the beautiful Bobby Eaton. You know, tell idol, tell us man. some of that yeah, tell idol. us some really. Yeah, you know, it wasn't until about four years ago that he actually found out how much I idolized him. Oh, um oh, that's cool, man. You know, Bobby was one of the you know original high flyers and the leg drop and knee drop, and but just he was so graceful. And he was so fluid in the ring. And then when I got into wrestling, I wanted to be that guy. I wanted to be able to work a broomstick or Ric Flair and have a five-star match. That was who I patterned my, my, my stuff after. Even to when I was such a mark when I first got in. And again, nobody trained me, so I didn't know any better. My pants, I wore the, the long tights with the stripes down the side and uh, <laughs> stripes on my boots, like the Midnight Express stuff. <laughs> the Midnight I was Express stuff, yeah. Nice, man. Yeah. And, you know, my first encounter with Bobby was at the ECW arena when Paul was going to bring him in to do a program because Paul knew I was a mark for him. Right. And when I come in from the ring at the arena, there's two black curtains in the gorilla position, and there was a room off to the side that we weren't allowed to dress in at the time or before because that was Taz and Bubba's in the veterans room. So then you go into the open spot where everybody dressed. So when I go through the first curtain, I look through the second, second curtain, and there's Paul sitting with Bobby talking to him. 
on 100% my right hand to God. I had to go in that room and collect myself because I was like a little teenage girl meeting Justin Bieber for the first time. I could I not hey, catch I my breath. Oh, I totally understand. <laughs> totally understand. Because Beautiful no, Bobby, no, no. like that's the Midnight Express is one of my favorite tag teams of all time. For sure. Yep. It, they were everyone, everybody knew, you know, Bill Wiles and Lou and I did a podcast yesterday with Chili Willie. It was a Dangerous Alliance one. Dangerous Alliance. And I, I talked about how we all, uh, you know, reflected all of each other and fed off of each other. Everybody had their own spot. Bill had a gift of pissing people off around the ringside. Lou had a gift of being on the microphone and pissing people off. And I guess mine was a kind of a workhorse type, putting it all together type mentality. So that's the way the Midnight Express was. Bobby was the workhorse. Uh, the, you know, the, everything was right fluid. Stan, the later <laughs> Midnight Express, was a little bit of the showman. Yeah. Um, you know, the earlier <laughs> Dennis Condren, I mean, Dennis was a damn workhorse too, Dennis and I didn't appreciate that. <clears throat> and yep. then you had Cornette on the microphone and outside, and man, they just complimented each other so much. Yep. So they were perfect. Loved them, man. Loved them. Um, so uh, Bobby Eaton. So what were uh, what were some of your favorite wrestlers? You know, coming up, and how how did you get into wrestling? Just in the beginning, all together. Coming up, it was you know because my whole story it all it ties in together. As I hated wrestling growing up, it wasn't until oh. I was about fourteen years old. Uh, I was a huge Saturday Night Live fan. I didn't like. I didn't like wrestling at all. My little brother, Kevin, uh, he's the reason I'm into professional wrestling. So that's his fault. I can blame him for that. Uh, <laughs> he, uh, he told me one, one Saturday morning, the NWA was getting ready to come on channel five down here in Raleigh where we live. And he goes, Chris, he said, watch this one, me this one match. That's all I ask. Cause Kevin's three years younger than I. So I was 14. He was about 11. Okay. And he said, if you don't like it, I'll never ask you again. I said, all right, I'll sit down and watch it. Just so happened, this match is on YouTube, July 5th, 1985. Um, it was the Midnight Ex no, excuse me, the Rock and Roll Express versus the Russians, Ivan Koloff and Crusher Khrushchev. And then the finish was Ricky Morton rolled up Uncle Ivan with a victory roll to win the belts. Oh, wow. So okay. I watched that match. They, they went when the Rock and Roll Express went over. He and I were jumping around like little kids. Of course, we were little kids jumping around because the Americans had just beat the Russians, and I was hooked. Fast forward till about four years ago again. I'm sitting in the locker room in Clayton, North Carolina, and to my left is Ricky and Robert, and to my right is Barry Darso, who was Crusher Khrushchev. And I'm like, oh my God, these three or four guys, <laughs> you know, are the ones that got me into pro wrestling. And again, I, when I posted that about a few months ago on Ricky Morton's Instagram, mm -hmm. he popped for it because he didn't know that he he's one of the reasons that I got in professional wrestling. Wow. So, and it was my, my, some of my favorites was rock and roll, Magnum, Dusty. Oh, man. Um, oh, it wasn't until I got older and got into wrestling that I started appreciating Arn. Uh, mm. still don't like Ole to today. I don't like Ole at all. Really? On a personal level. Nah, he's a better bastard. Yeah. So, I, 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 we were going to ask you, well, well, since we're there, since we're there and don't want to forget about, we were going to ask you about that anyway, since you brought it up. Yeah. And doing some research, yeah. I, I, I found that you, you and Ole had a, uh, had a run in. I, mm -hmm. uh, so I, I I wanted to ask is that territory we can go towards or 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 is it just yeah yeah it's fine you know it's on high spot high spots brought Oli in uh, to give me permission for the Anderson name because the whole time Gene give me permission give my mm -hmm. uh, through uh, two guys that were working as the Andersons give me permission to use the Anderson name 
And I love the whole time I've been at Anderson. Already, everybody says, well, you're not a real Anderson. And my response is, well, none of us are, jackass. Are. Yeah. No. So I don't, I don't get it. And so Gene's the only real one. Mm-hmm. Uh, I never had a run-in with Orange until I got to WWE uh, when I was doing that Disney version of ECW. And then <laughs> when, I, when High Spots brought Ole in to a show, I think we were down in Charlotte. And I worked Chris Hamrick, and I had just, I literally just gotten back from Japan. I was, I, I flew in that night. The next morning, I drove down to Charlotte. Ole was peddling his book. He didn't want to do anything. He sat by his table, and uh, I introduced myself, and he said, so I guess you're the Anna Anderson. I said, yes, sir, I am. And one of my friends come up and hugged me. You know, he's a big dap, hug, man hug, something yeah. like that, because I hadn't seen him in a minute. Yeah. He says, Jesus Christ, eight or however many. He said, 10 years out of this business, and everybody's turning into faggots that was his first words was Oli, and i introduced him wow. to my girlfriend at the time and he said i don't give a shit just buy my book so what that was a no yeah he that's what he was that's what he was saying and then he was supposed uh, to get in the ring with me and give me permission but he didn't want to so the michael at high spot said cut a promo on his ass so i politely did a just a little one to where i said something he could stand up and be a man and shake my hand. I said, because I'm going to take the name Anderson that you can only bring to here, and I'm going to take it to here. <laughs> and then I cut something on him in the back about how, you know, shit, if it wasn't for him being an Anderson, he, would, he wouldn't have been anything. You know, he, I heard he was a great mind down in Georgia. I didn't follow wrestling that closely like some of my friends, but just my one experience with him, he is a bitter and hateful person, and everybody I talk to says the same thing about him. Sounds like it. Yeah, no, and any, any anything I've heard with anybody talking about him says the same thing. That's unfortunate, man. Yeah, that's terrible, man. Yeah, that's horrible. I, but he, I can't understand. I can't. No, I mean, there's just no reason to be like that. I all. want them because, like, right before uh, earlier today, before I even had that with Jr., I, I watched a uh, a shoot interview with Arn Anderson, and where he uh, he spoke mm-hmm. to you about, hey, man, uh, he spoke highly of you, yeah, Anderson. Yes. Use the name, get it over, and and it's one of those questions I wanted to ask you is what, what's your opinion on the lineage, this, this kind of created family tree of the Andersons? You know, as you have Gene, and then you have Ollie and Arn, and then there's you and Pat Anderson, and then there was, a, mm. there was another Anderson, but then Rocky. Was, uh, Rocky, Kenny, yeah. Ken and, uh, Mr. Anderson is, and Ken Anderson. And now well, Ken, Ken's, his shoot name is Anderson, so he's That's not really, yeah. like, oh, okay. Not, okay. So he's, he's not one of the balded beard guys, so. Right, yeah. right. But uh, but who is Bringing not that up. a balded bearded guy is Carl yeah. Anderson. Now I wanted to know if uh, what what you think of uh, what do you think of this creative family tree you guys have and how it just keeps going and building. Well, we've we've always to me when I got the name it was one of those you couldn't job it out you couldn't disrespect it because my opinion and you can look at all of us every Anderson is a workhorse. Yes, we carry the, the team in workhorses. Uh, when I was with the Extreme Horsemen with Carino and Simon, it was respectfully, name, by the way. Uh, I'll tell you that story as Perfect. well. But when I came, when when I worked with them, you know, Simon could work his ass off and Steve could work his ass off. But I was always the workhorse. I even I wrestled in an eight man one night. It was me and Carino and Lodi and Gunner against James Storm, Hurricane Helms and the Hardys. And I did some spot. Wow. And James Storm goes, holy shit, CW, you are a workhorse. Because <laughs> I was in there for like minutes, spot, spot, spot. And that's what I've always been known as. And to me, that's what the Anderson's have been known as. Now, years, I didn't, I've never met Carl. And I want to say, I don't know if Carl was one of them, but I got two or three emails 10 plus years ago from guys wanting to be Anderson's, you know, and wanting permission from me. Well, it's not mine to give. Mm. Um, if, since Gene's passed away, 
it would be, to, in my opinion, Arn to give that blessing. Right. Um, yeah. But I respect uh, Carl's work. Never met him. He does a spine buster. I mean, not as good as me, but you know, whatever. whatever. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, Arn's been a workhorse. Ole could work his ass off. You know, when yeah. Pat was coming along, Pat could work. You know, at, at age he was getting that. And that's the one thing I've always said is Andersons are always workhorses. Oh, so, I love. And that. you know, when, I, when you did when when Arn gave me the blessing, I saw him. A few months later, at this event called WrestleCade in Winston Salem, North Winston -Salem. Carolina, we do yeah. every we do every Thanksgiving. Mm -hmm. Arn was signing. I walked up, and I was with uh, my girlfriend at the time, and now my fiance Brittany and Preston Quinn, who's part of the excursion. Thank you very much. I I got lucky because she's beautiful. I must have a fantastic mm -hmm. smell because that's all I got. Outkick um, your coverage, huh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I definitely outkick my coverage on that one. Gotcha. Uh, <laughs> she uh. So we, I, I was standing behind a few people that was talking to Arn, and Arn leaned back and around and saw me and kind of smiled and you know give me this. So once they left, you know oh. he shook my hand, hugged me, and we sit there and talked. And I thanked him again because he's always said I've always been respectful to him. And I, I right. said Arn, I can't thank you enough for giving me the blessing and what you said about me just humbles me. And he said, CWS, I meant it. He said, you can work. He said, you deserve the name just as much as I do to make money off of it. He said, I hope you've had success. He said, but you are not disgraced in the Anderson name by no means. That's, that's awesome, that's man. Story, man. That's how it should be. Like, that's why I, I love Arn Anderson. He's one of my favorite wrestlers, you know what I mean? He's but amazing. I always I always thought you were related to him, honestly, just because of your work in the ring. I mean, you're both left-handed, the spine mm -hmm. buster and everything. Like, it, in my mind, y'all were related. I don't know how I throw a punch left-handed because I throw a baseball right-handed. I write left-handed. I wow. uh, kick left-footed when I bat and play golf. I bat right-handed, so I don't. Huh. I don't really know where I'm at with all that. But I don't know how I throw a punch left-handed. But it just worked out. Yep. Okay. Okay. So, as the great awesome, Charles Shocker, as the great Charles Shockerford from N NC State oh, on the Wolfpack said on ESPN one day, Coach Valvano has been teaching me to use both hands, so I'm amphibious. Well, amphibious, yeah, amphibious, yeah. So I went to <laughs> NC State also. I played, I played uh, ball at NC State, yeah. Oh, you did? Okay. Yeah, we're both North uh, Carolina boys, also. Yeah, I'm yeah. from Asheville. He's from Greenville. So yeah. Oh, fantastic! I was just down in Raleigh this morning, down on NC State campus. Oh, so, beautiful. There's no beautiful, yeah. more beautiful campus in the world, baby. JR was just telling me before before you came on the, on the show, CW, why you were one of his favorite wrestlers from the start. Okay. It's because you were, uh, this was, they booked you from Raleigh, North Carolina. Yep. And, Watching and ECW and hearing Raleigh, North Carolina, I'm like, oh, he's, he's North Carolina boy. That's, and I yep. love heels. I'm a heel. If I was a wrestler, I would be a heel. Heels are always the best. Okay. And you yeah, just, that's uh, because yeah. I, you know, where I'm originally from is a crossroads called Emit. It's time spelled backwards, so that's why I said Raleigh, because that's the big, the closest thing and biggest thing that anybody could rec recognize. Emit, they I'm don't, not even, I don't you, even, I've never even seen that. Or heard. Across, if you've heard of Zebulon, yes, Middlesex, Selma, yep. Smithfield, yep. uh, Wendell, it is legitimately yep. a crossroad right in between all of them, and it's wow. called Emit. Oh, no, man, I feel I'm Pactola's North Carolina. I have, I have to claim like either Greenville or Little Washington because Pactola's is a gas station and a church and yep. like a flea market and nothing else. So I, I, I understand that. I played a mini ball at Little Washington, so I know exactly where that's at. Love Little Washington, man. That's like yeah. the most and part and parted a lot in Greenville when I was going to college in Kinston. There you yeah. go. Hell yeah, Absolutely. Greenville. Hey, Greenville is a fun like town to party in. Yes. Absolutely, man. So I gotta ask though. So, so, so if you play ball in Little Washington, you know Bill's hot dogs. 
I do not. Uh, you talking? This being twenty. I was in my early twenties when I went down there. Oh man, this and, place has been around since yeah. like the fifties. If you ever find your way around there, it's a really good hot dog, yeah. hole in the wall hot dog shop. Yeah, I was playing semi pro baseball, and uh, it legitimately, I was the only white guy in the league. <laughs> okay. Yeah. That's so how if I you roll. weren't wrestling, would you be playing baseball? Would you have tried to pursue baseball? I tried to pursue baseball in the beginning, and then when I blew my arm. After my mom talked me out of signing with the Padres when I come out of high school, once they because they wanted to draft me, mm. um, I tried to get back into it. And then once I blew my arm, I just never it never went anywhere. I tried out for the Braves, uh, stood out there, um, which was crazy because I was the fastest catcher there. Which is because oh, wow. I'm not fast at all, man. I got white boy speed when it comes <laughs> to that. Um, but I never, you know, nothing ever happened with the Braves because I tried out at the old at the old Durham Bulls Athletic Park where they filmed okay. Bull Durham. Bull so Durham, yeah, that was pretty cool. Yeah. But nothing ever come out of baseball. But that baseball was definitely my first love, and then wrestling was my second. It just, you know, it worked out how it was supposed to. Yeah, everything. I truly believe everything happens for a reason, man. For yep, one hundred percent. For sure. So, um, so, so let's go. Sorry, go ahead, Chase. Oh, no, no. You said there was a cool story for the, yeah. the name. It's Stream Horseman. I, I, yeah. I love that name, man. I just wanted when, to, uh, to ask After about ECW it. folded, you know, Steve, Steve Crean and I have been best friends for 27 years. And we were really, Steve and Simon Diamond were really close. And then I knew Simon from the old NWA stuff we did around Rayford and Fayetteville when Steve lived in Rayford. Uh-huh. So we were always wanting to be together. And we, Steve and I were working for TCW, which was Dusty Rhodes promotion down in uh, Georgia, Turnbuckle Championship Wrestling. Mm. Well, Dusty had all his friends, a lot of his friends with him, Barry Windham, Manny Fernandez, Mike Graham, guys, like the old NWA guys and come and work for him. So he set us down one day and he goes, look, I have an idea to put you and Barry and Steve together. Uh, he said, I want to call you guys the extreme horsemen. He said, because, you know, Steve, UNCW came from the extreme and Barry was one of the original four horsemen. So I figured it would work. So, man, we were all about it. And the first night we formed, Steve and I were wrestling Dustin and Dusty in the ring, somewhere down close to Valdosta, Georgia, wow. way down there. I mean, it was an old school <clears throat> crowd. And Steve and I ended up tying Dustin. I think we handcuffed him to the ring on, in the turnbuckles and were beating Dusty down. And it was so bad that people were coming in the ring. And I remember kicking this elderly lady in the face to get her out of the ring. Oh, wow. I think I've heard <laughs> we, about this. We sit, and I'm, I would love, I had the VHS tape, and I don't know where it's at. I cannot find it, and yeah. I can't find anybody who does recording this stuff. But they sent the boys from the back. Steve and yeah. I were beating them down. And I remember there was one chair shot I hit one of the kids with, and it flew off his head. And the second guy that was coming in, it hit him in the back of the head. And that's like, you know, once in a million. Anyway, Barry Windham comes in the ring, clears us out, starts getting Dusty up, and waffles Dusty with the chair, and we form right then. Um, yeah. which caught, we, it was mass Hell chaos. Yeah. It, the security was getting us back, and like one of the security guards was in on it. He knew because he helped set up the ring, and he was young wrestler. He got in <laughs> Barry's face, and Barry headbutted him in the nose and split his nose open and broke it open. I mean, Barry broke Windham it. is the fucking dude. I love Barry. Dude, uh, and he Barry looks at me and goes, "Well, I guess he won't do that again." <laughs> oh damn! But that, yeah, that's that's how the Extreme Horseman formed. Oh, that's awesome! That's man. amazing. Yeah, that's Ooh. one of the best stories I've ever heard. But I, I swear, I I think I remember I, just from years or whatever, just hearing the story about that show in Georgia where fans rushed the ring and everybody had to fight them out mm-hmm. and everything. It was it was one of those. It was one of those where you kind of question are you going to get out of this it was like you know you if one gets in there okay but 
they were coming. It was like a zombie apocalypse. It almost felt like when people were trying to get in the ring. Boarding the ring on both yeah. sides. Yeah, they were having to get a bag. It was crazy because that crowd believed in wrestling. They believed yeah. it was real. Oh, and they oh, love them some Dusty down there. Mm-hmm. Oh, they shit. love Dusty down that's there. What I like about wrestling, man. I, I come from a theater arts background, and that's how I've always approached wrestling is this kind of beautiful, like, stunt work. You know, everything, all the yeah. moves hurt, nothing about I mean, It's predetermined, but that doesn't make yeah. any bit of it. Jamie Dundee tells it the best. Wrestling's fixed, not fake. Um, yeah. And I tell people in my seminars that professional wrestlers are the best we're the best combined in one. We're the best actors. We're the best stuntmen. We're the best magicians because we can do all of it in one and make you believe. How many times have you seen a professional athlete from basketball or football come to do what we try to do and it look like shit? Yep. yep. But we can go and act. We can go and do other things because me being a, a most you know a baseball player, I could go play baseball, softball, and make it look normal. And they can't come to us and make it look right, but we can go to them. So I think we're the best all combined in one. We do our own stunts. We do stuff that makes you believe we're hurting somebody when we're actually taking care of them. So I think we're the best in one. Absolutely, CW. I, I couldn't agree more. That's that. That is what I preach anytime yep. I talk to anyone about, about the beautiful art form that's professional wrestling. I don't think I don't think it it, it doesn't get the credit as the art that it is. I think it's just no. It's it's the ones that sit on the couches and yep. don't do it or can't do it and wish they could do it and they just write it off as fake because they've seen wow. too much stuff and you know they just. It's one of those, just come in there and try it, and we'll find out. You know, I can. we can let the mat whoop your ass, and we won't even touch you and see how fake it is. <laughs> oh, no, me, me no, 100%. 100%. Are 100%. Out of just going, getting up. Just getting like, up. I don't get up off the ground up. once a day. You know? <laughs> it, is not, it is not natural to throw yourself backwards like no, that and land. No, no. So just, just take no. adding in, getting like, all right, I'm not going to get punched. I'm going to let this person <laughs> pick me up and throw me. I'm going to go up. Yeah. All of that on top of like I'm gonna throw myself back onto this hard plywood floor. Well, let somebody hit me with a metal chair and not protect, or let somebody like roadkill or Mike Awesome jump off the top rope and you know squash me in the ring. Come on, it's, yeah. it's, it's stuff. Let somebody put a from. ring bell over your head and hit it with a damn yeah. wrench. Like come yeah. on, man. <laughs> and still be his friend afterwards. Still, right. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, there's nothing I, I can't. I always it pains me to say the word fake in the same. So oh, I want to fight people when they say it almost. I, because no, I don't. I quickly somebody I was I was actually at church the other day and a lady called it fake and her mm-hmm. husband quickly corrected her because he saw me looking at her. <laughs> he's like, yeah, it's not fake. Because I mean, the, he's he was part of my men's group and he knows, you know, I got you know broken. I've had a broken neck, a broken back, and I'm working on 23 concussions that were. Later mm. down the road, I'm pretty sure CTE is going to sit in because I know now I have a trouble, you know, speaking. Sometimes I stutter. I have a little memory loss stuff going on. So mm. I wish it was fake. I really do. And I wouldn't have all these injuries and all these, you know, health problems. Yeah, you, you put you put your health and your and your body and everything on on the line to, to entertain everybody. And it's, for our yep. entertainment, man, we truly appreciate you for that. Yeah. And all wrestlers Thank you. doing that. Yeah. We truly, every one of them. Yeah, every one of them. On that's, every that's level. That's why we're up there. From, from any level, man, from, 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 from anywhere, from the yeah, high school, even from Madison Square Garden, from like yeah. WrestleMania to like the backyard, man. Anyone who does this is putting themselves on the line. That needs to be respected. 100%. Very much. I mean, sir, you, you have, you have 27 years of like hitting the ropes and riding the roads. I mean, you, you've seen it all from, from, like I said, from, from high school gymnasiums all the way to the major auditoriums. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I'm sure you faced people whose it was their first match. And, and, I, and I read that you took on CM Punk in the Disney version of ECW, as you said. Yeah. I mean, that's, 
that's amazing the things that you you yeah. accomplished in this yep. art form. Yeah, wrestled John Cena before he was John Cena. He was the prototype. Oh, um, the prototype. <laughs> yeah, that's on YouTube. I've yeah. wrestled, you know, I wrestle guys recently where or recently last year that I've been in the business longer than they've been alive. So that's a little disheartening. <laughs> no, it makes you feel that way you're still yeah, able to go for it you, you you you've been a, a name that's a legacy that's been, been able to continue i mean dude you you for nearly 30 years yeah been a successful professional wrestler that's amazing i, I can still and still love it to the day and i've been yeah. enjoying it. you know um i've been blessed a, a lot and to be a part of the ecw group and the family because you know we were actually a lot of us were speaking today in a group chat you know getting some things together just talking really and we're and, you know we haven't been together all together in since ecw folded you know on different levels from the hardcore justice and the hardcore homecomings a lot of us have been together but it's almost like every time we see each other we pick right back up we were ribbing each other today and talking shit about each other <laughs> i saw bill alfonso and super crazy oh did he have the damn whistle did he have yeah. the? He doesn't still blow the yeah. whistle, does he? Yeah, he has the whistle. He was giving those away. He even asked my fiance if she could blow his whistle. So, of course, <laughs> was, of course, he did, was, right? of course. And I even told her, I said, "Look, this how Fonzie's going to be. Just how Fonzie is. He don't mean nothing by it." He's right. like, even there's a clip on my Facebook and Instagram where he comes in, he shakes my hand, shakes Brittany's hand, and then he grabs Brittany and like turns and looks at her ass and then walks off. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> it was classic Fonzie. Of course. Well, um, so you still love professional wrestling, though. Uh, you, you retired the start of last year, correct? Uh, around like uh, unfortunately, yeah. That was in a dark spot in my life. So, yeah, I made that huge mistake. Mm -hmm. uh, are you going to try to get our, our – it sounds yeah. like – so are you going to try to get back or something? Oh, or I'm already back. I've already oh. wrestled a couple of times. I came back. Hell, yeah. Uh, right, January. I came back January. January 1st, I came back. I unretired, so to speak. And um, Congratulations, man. Thank you. You, you know, we oh, a, lot yeah. of, a lot of times, because, you know, a lot of people, they go through some of that stuff and you don't see where they're going and, you know, mm -hmm. how, what the dark places they're in. But I was in a bad spot in my life, man, a really bad spot. So I thought this is what people wanted. I thought this is what I wanted. And I stepped away. And then when I stepped away, I realized this is not what I wanted. And even with COVID being around and that's not wrestling, I still missed it. So when Brittany and I got together and uh, she was 100% behind me and she's like, look, I know you love this. She, cause she used to valet for me. She said, I'll be right there for you. I support you hundred percent. You know, why don't you just come back? And even one of my close friends, George South said, CW wrestling needs you. He said, the boys need you. You need to leave your legs. You need to leave what you know on this business. And he said, you still can go, you, you know, you're in better shape than what you were at ECW because January 7th, I turned 50. So I, wow. and I still, even though I feel like I'm 25 to some extent. Yeah, um, of course. Don't <laughs> so we all, like don't we all at some point? Some, some point. But, and then, hey, but, you know, <laughs> when it gets really cold, your body says, all right, oh. you, you're 50. Hell so, yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> but um, it's, I had missed wrestling, man. And coming back was my, was the best decision. And her having, being behind me 100% and not having anybody negative in my life. And, you know, I gave my life over to God and, put 100% trust in him to show me the right way. And he has, man, he has put everything in front of me that's needed. I've got so many great opportunities. And once I got back and being in the ring and seeing everybody again, man, it just, it feels like nothing has changed. And I'm so glad to be back. 
Awesome, man. Right. Well, and and the the landscape has awesome, changed. It's that almost awesome. like reverted back to his to a sense in almost the territory days, wouldn't you say? Because there was a while where, like, uh, I, I know you, were, you we were for WCW and they closed down nearly twenty years ago, and um, WWE kind of controlled everything for like twenty years. But now yeah. you have AEW, you have Impact making a big difference. Uh, you have Ring of Honor coming back in major ways. MLW, New Japan. It it almost seems like things are opening back up into those territory days. It's almost like a new dawn in wrestling. I see I see behind you, you have the awesome MCU Cap versus Iron Man. And huge I'm, Marvel fan. Dude, I'm a huge comic book geek. I mean, yeah. that's like one of my one of my big passions. And it's like one of the ways I've been describing it a lot recently is we've entered this weird MCU of wrestling right now where everyone's lore and everyone's characters can just hop around and mean mm-hmm. something instead of just going no you've signed with us let's change your name we're going to make you it's no i've made myself it's my brain and again that's why you need to come back you're part of the anderson family tree oh, yeah i mean yeah, yeah. that's the important thing about wrestling that's the lineage and the storytelling it's one of the mm-hmm. like comic books and like soap operas it's one of the only ongoing never changing narratives that the you- um Jack Victory said 20 years ago, 18 years ago, that wrestling, the only way wrestling would survive is in territories. And it seems like it's headed back towards that. I got contacted from the MWA to be there this weekend. And oh, I couldn't really? make it because I was, you know, coming into a new job, leaving an old job. So I was in a transition. Mm-hmm. And plus being gone for a couple of days and just finding out that my, because if anybody that follows me knows my Rottweilers are basically my life. And I have a male that's 180 pounds I've had since the day he was born and just found out last week he has a terminal cancer. So I am, Sorry I am trying. Thank Sorry you. To hear that. He's like my child, man. I, all last week I was crying. I was upset yeah. and he's sitting outside relate. right now. He won't I even walk relate. on that leg. So I just want to be here with him right now, yeah. but everything needs to go back to territories, everything, mm-hmm. because one thing that wrestling has, I don't know why they've lost their damn mind to some extent, but wrestling has lost the story that it's emotion over motion. You watch AEW, you watch WWE, any of those things. It's more motion than emotion. It's let me get my shit in. Let me get my moves. Let me not sell what you're doing Mm -hmm. so I can get my stuff in. And let's get these five, six minutes and get everything we can in. And it doesn't doesn't work like that. It does not work like that. Uh, You have a little niche of fans that love it. But for the grand scheme of it, it doesn't work. Um, And I don't know anything from NWA last night, but I love being a part of that. I hope when the next... TV tapings come around, I can be a part because I have no interest in going pretty much anywhere else. Um, I have no interest in going, even if I was asked to go no interest in going back to WWE. I, I, I rode that horse one time and I'm not getting back on it. Um, how was, I was going to ask about that. Um, how going from the ECW locker room and um, WCW locker room, then to the WWE, all that, how, how was the WWE during your time? You were there for what, three, four years? No, I was only there for 11 months and it was the worst 11 months I've ever oh, wow, been in. Oh, wow, sorry. Sorry. Um, yeah, it was wow. when they signed, they signed me when they were bringing back the ECW. The only reason I accepted it because I was under the impression it was told that Paul and Tommy were going to be in charge. Well, after the first TV taping at the ECW arena where I worked Sabu, Vince saw it, didn't like it, took it over, started putting his guys in there and it wasn't the same. I couldn't get away from there fast enough. I wasn't used correctly. I was being told I was starting to get my push when I got injured. Um, but I had had enough. It was nice that Francine and I would, you know, once we find out we won't wrestling, we would get in the car and leave and drive to the next town because we didn't want to be around there. I was a miserable. It was a miserable place to work. I don't I, things I've heard from other people. It hasn't changed. Everybody's 
you know, oh, yeah. stabbing each other in the back. There's there's a glass ceiling. It wasn't like ECW. It mm-hmm. wasn't like what I was brought into where we were a family. I mean, we're still a family. Mm-hmm. Um, we all, we you know, at ECW, we would sit and watch the first match through the main event. If you were the first match and stole the show, we loved it. If you were the main event and stole the show, we loved it. We watched everybody. And then the bigger guys, Dreamer, Rob Van Dam, would help you and critique your stuff. Lance Storm gave me some great critiques one night that I still hold today. And it was a big family atmosphere. Up there, now you watch it, but it's, it's nothing like what, what I had and what I was a part of. Yeah, man. We're, we're nowhere near connected to the business, but just reading like dirt sheets and patching interviews, it just sounds like it's a toxic environment, which is so yeah. unfortunate. I mean, it's, it's shaped itself to be the peak and it doesn't cultivate anything. And that's so unfortunate. Yeah, I don't, I, that's why I'm glad I wasn't there. You know, the day John Laurinaitis called me and released me, I went, sweet. Thank you. Can I go back to Japan? He's like, uh, yeah, you just can't go to TNA because we have a 90-day no-complete clause. No problem. I want to go back to Japan. Uh, man, I'm so. a Japan wrestling fan. That's like one of those things I hop – when I hop back into wrestling in, in 2015, that's something I really – New Japan became one of those things I really kind of followed and fascinated myself with is just that whole style over there. It's Right. It's a whole other beast. Oh, yeah. You know, their style has calmed down a lot from when I was there in the mid-2000s because yeah. it, it was a true strong style. When they were forearming and, and kicking you and – suplexing you know germans and stuff you were getting dropped on your head or you were getting smoked it was a ufc before like the ufc really took that's what I, that's what i tell people when they said you work in japan it was a ufc it was cross between pro wrestling and a ufc we knew who was going to win but it was a damn fight when you got in there and <laughs> i was in there with legends like uh hashimoto fujiwara wow. i was in there with a uh, silver medalist agawa you know i was actually helping train agawa at one point and when they would bring other, you know, they'd have other Japanese wrestlers, Hashimoto would send them to me and Steve to teach them American style because he said we were the best two American wrestlers. Um, wow. And, you know, I got one of the huge honors of being called King of Corgan Hall. I was like the most popular American in Corgan Hall, which is attached <clears throat> to the Tokyo Dome. And Corgan Hall to me is like the ECW arena, kind of like Madison Square Gardens. It's one of those places you thrive to wrestle at. Okay. And being in the ring with Hashimoto and being considering him one of my close friends to where Hashimoto got so comfortable with Steve and I, he would let us call the matches because in Japan, in Japan, they call the match, they come to you and then you put your two cents in. It got to the point where Hashimoto would knew he was working us. He actually would request to work Steve and I because he knew he wasn't going to get hurt. He knew he was going to have a good match and he would say, okay, you guys just put the match together. I trust you. Wow, which awesome. is a huge honor. That's awesome. That's so yeah, cool, man. man. That is so cool, man. The whole I would, I would, I would tell you a funny story real quick with Hashimoto before we move forward. Do it. When when the Japanese guys, especially somebody like Hashimoto, who is nothing, he's nothing about respect. You think you respect Hogan or somebody along those lines? No, that's a Hashimoto and Muda and those guys. You see their aura. It's wow. crazy when they're around. So when they speak, you listen. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Uh, okay, no problem. Whatever. We're dressing together one night. Most of the times, the Japanese guys dress by themselves. The Americans dress by themselves. Uh, the Japanese would come to our dressing room and tell us what they wanted in the match and give us ideas or tell us, do you have any ideas for your spots? Well, one night, we're all dressing together, and it's uh, Hashimoto and I want to say Ogosawara, who was a karate guy. It was them two against Steve and I. And uh, Hashimoto would always tell you, Sorry, man. Okay, uh, tonight, Sierra son, you down, me up. 
DDT. Okay. Okay. No problem. Hashimoto's on. And uh, so that night we're all sitting around and Hashimoto starts going on a match and he's sitting in the middle of the dressing room. He's uh, sitting like TW Sun, uh, me, uh, up, you, down. Okay. I went, no. And I was stone faced and I just sit here laughing. No. And it got quiet. And yeah. I was like, on the inside, I was like, oh, shit. I was playing a joke with him. Right. Steve goes, Steve goes, what are you doing? And uh, we're in Kyoto, Japan. And Hashimoto, he got this, this look on his face. And everybody was like, holy shit, CW said no to Hashimoto. And all Japanese were quiet. He goes, uh, t- uh, why? Why no doubt? I said, my hometown. <laughs> he goes, oh, okay. So, uh, tonight, CW said, me down. Uh, you uh, uh, Maybe Kredo son, you down. Me up. <laughs> <laughs> Every so from the loop all the way out, I, go, I knew I was working him. He says, uh, "CW son, tonight your hometown." I said, "Yes, my hometown." He's like, "All right, uh, Karina son, you down me up." So he always finished. He says, "It's my hometown." That's awesome, man. Oh, oh man. So so so, so CW, you you mentioned that you you trained over there, and I know you mm-hmm. have the Anderson Academy. Do you still do you still function that school? Is it still a, a little bit? It's not so much. It's called Fracture Factory now. One of my students took okay. it over. Uh, Victor Andrews, who, you know, if, if you know Vic or if you've heard of Vic, you follow him on Instagram. I'm Mr. Everything. Mr. Everything. Yeah, he, he's amazing, dude. He is. And he's a, he's a psychotic because I work out with him and his workouts and cardio. He's freaking psychotic. Well, so, <laughs> he, uh, but he's good. He knows his stuff, man. He's a, he perfects his craft, but he kind of runs that. But I go and work out with him and help out when I get a chance. And it's okay. at my cousin's school down in a place called Wilson's Mills. Uh, That's awesome. so I don't, I don't want to be involved right now with all that because it is, it's a full-time job to some extent. And, mm-hmm. uh, I just don't have the time right with it, but I go and work out when I can, but yeah, I did train a lot in Japan and help train the Japanese wrestlers over there, which I actually would get in the ring with some of the fighters, the fighters before it was UFC and it was called rings. Like I was Sakata, I was helping transition him to an American style, but I was the first American he wrestled. And he beat me like a drum. It was he beat me so bad in that match with kicks and punches and strikes. I could hear Loki howling from the back. He was laughing so hard. Wow. He was sitting there watching, and Spanky or Brian Kendrick and Steve Carino were my seconds. And every time he would hit me, oh my god, I literally got my ass whooped in that match. It was it was a shoot fight. <laughs> so and then it was like months later, he would kept learning. And once you do stuff to these guys and look. I can get the same effect by punching and you selling it and by, you ain't got to hit me so damn hard. He would right. tell me, like, he would apologize. Like, she was saying, I am so sorry. Oh, that was so bad. I was so bad. Like, yeah, you were, you were horrible. You were killing me. You whooped my ass. <laughs> yeah, you whooped my ass. But then you see the light bulb go off in their heads. Like, look, I ain't got to kick him with full force. Or I ain't got to hit him. He's going to mm-hmm. sell it for me. So he, he literally, in his own ways, called me a magician that he was able to give me strikes and I was made, make it look like he was killing me. Wow. Oh, that's so that's cool. awesome, man. So yeah. like, so to circle back, and you know, I guess we'll wrap it up with this question and whatnot, a couple other things. Um, You mentioned Victor and yeah. your friend, your good friends with Steve Carino mm-hmm. this weekend in Wilmington down here in Wilmington, North Carolina, where me and Chase live, they are wrestling each other or Victor's wrestling Colby Carino. Really? In the UPWA, yeah, nice. man. Title. Yeah, I just saw oh, the Kobe, world for uh, Victor's Saturday world night. title. Yeah, I just saw Kobe the other night. Yeah, Saturday night actually. Yeah. How do you think that's gonna go, man? With uh, you know what I mean, your boy Victor and your fr- your best friend Steve's son. Like, what's up? Oh, they're they're gonna kill it, dude. Because I know Kobe. 
I always joke, and I even told Colby this. I was like, "You're so much more talented than your dad." So really? much. He is so much. He's wow, that's Colby, saying something because oh, yeah. Steve Carino was the shit. Yeah, man. Carino, you know, I love Steve. Steve was an amazing worker. Yeah. Steve's gift only he was. You know, that's why Steve and I mesh so well. He always said I was the workhorse and he was the mouth because Steve yes. can talk like Good nobody. God, he could talk. Oh my oh, god. Yeah. But Colby is so much more athletic. He's that wow. new generation athletic, and okay, you know. Kobe, you know, Kobe used to follow us around in Japan when he was seven, eight years old. He would walk behind us and, you know, we'd keep out because he's always called me his uncle because I've been Uncle CW to him the whole time. Right, um, right. So, but he is so, Kobe's got it here already and Victor's got it here and they're both so talented. They're both athletic, man. I, I would love, I can't wait to see that match. I know Victor will take yeah. it for me and, right. and send it to me, but mm-hmm. it's it, they're going to kill it. I have, I don't see how anybody else can steal the show but them two. No, I'm man, I am so excited for that match. Yeah. So excited. Uh, Andrew's on a couple of um couple episodes. Yeah, a couple of weeks ago. ago. And um that one thing we were talking about was that upcoming one and he mentioned mentioned you and it became that whole story a lot. That that beautiful theater of wrestling of going, CW Anderson trained you. He was tag team partners with your opponent's father. Where does the storyline go? Yeah. Where is allegiance lie? <laughs> in that beautiful way where like I mean, you can't build a narrative that good in any other sport or theater. I mean, it's no. it's Shakespearean in a way, man. Yeah. That, that's that's the love I again, have it's art form. Professional wrestling, it's story. Where it's mm-hmm. a male soap opera, and that's what still hooks yes. people. You know, yes. for everybody that's watching this and you guys, I don't know if you've seen it yet, but to prove my point. Go search my name, C.W. Anderson, AML Wrestling, and find the thumbnails of George South all bloodied up. And it's, they called it the second greatest story ever told. It's four matches with me and George South from 2019 into 2020. It, it ends with our I Quit match. Uh, our I Quit match was so bloody that I passed out in the middle of the gymnasium after the show. And we're watching it tonight, Chase, at work. Watching it. It's two hours. It includes every one of our promos leading up to it. Um, and, and, you know, the second match, the second match had a lot of heartfelt because I was going through some stuff again there. Mm-hmm. And every, you see my promo is really emotional. And then uh, Steve came, comes and seconds me that match. I end up breaking my rib. From take it, George took my spine buster and broke a rib and still had to finish the match. Oh. And the third match was us at WrestleCade. Uh, and the fourth was the I Quit match, which is is freaking brutal. So watch that. We did not one move out of the 80s. Everything was called in the ring. Everything. Wow. Nothing was called in the back. Hell that's yeah. Story that's, that's George. Oh, you will shit. see how much of a master George South is at calling a match because yeah. it's like Brian Hawks, who runs helps run AML. He told the boys in the back, he said, what's one thing in this match you don't, you've never seen before? They couldn't answer him. He said, when's the last time you've seen CW not call a match? I just mm. sit there and listen. And they were wow. – the guys, the guys that were around the ring, which was Colby, the Dawson brothers, and Steve on different occasions, they kept telling me we got lost in the match. It was like watching Steamboat and Flair. The fans said they – it was like watching the Rocky show, Rocky movie. The promoter, Tracy Myers of AML – Holy the shit. second match, he says, I've cried once in professional wrestling. That's the night Shawn Michaels super kick Ric Flair to pin him. He said, I cried twice in this match. Y'all were telling such a beautiful story. Holy shit, Chase. We're watching we, me and Chase work together. So yeah, we're yeah. watching this at work tonight, bro. Yeah. It's, a little over two, it's a little over two hours long, but it has everything okay. from us. And please let me know what you guys think, man. And anybody that watches it, because that's that's something I'm proud of. 
Wow. We absolutely will get up with absolutely. you about that once we watch that yep. man tonight. It is. It's so good. Himself, even to today, till today, he prays, he thanks God for the I Quit match every day in his wow. prayer. Wow. I would love to talk with George South one day for sure. Maybe. I love, I've heard great Maybe. things about him. He's amazing. Out there. Yeah. For future episodes, maybe CW, we can do a watch party. See, watch, watch all two hours together. Maybe I'm good nope. with that, man. That'd I'm be cool as hell. Sit back yeah. and, and praise your work and talk <laughs> about on the whole. Get, we could do a live commentary track, CW. That'd be awesome. Yeah. You know what? I'll tell you this: when we worked at the I Quit match, because George is very easy to work. He's very light, but in the I Quit match, he beat the shit out of me <laughs> to the point where. He hit me with a kendo stick the first time. And just to let you know, the referee of that match was Shane Douglas. Um, wow. I looked Franchise. at Shane Douglas and looked up at him. I said, can I quit now? Because <laughs> 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 he smoked me with that first chain shot. And then the second Shit. one was wrapped around the back of my head. So mm. I love George, man. Y'all, y'all, we ever, we could do that one night, man. Throw one of those matches and, and put okay. that one together. That'd be, yeah, man, I think that'd be a lot of fun. That's awesome, man. man. That'd be a lot like, of fun. CW, consider yourself a friend to the channel, man. If you ever have oh, 100%. Promote, for sure. Put it out there, dude. Feel free to always. Thank you. Yeah. Everything, man. Everything. All my social media is ECW Anderson. That's that's the easiest way to find me through everything. ECW Anderson. Yep. And I always get yeah. back. I don't care. If, you know, you message me, I will get back to you. I'm not one of these that does not respond. I will respond. Dude. I can attest to that. Because as soon as I messaged you to come on the show, you message me right back, and here you are. Yep. Thank you. I cannot appreciate. I cannot thank you enough for joining us, man. You are one of my favorite wrestlers. Thank, thank you, you so much for everything you've done for the business and still do for the business. And we're gonna check out that 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 series of matches. Cannot wait, and dude. We gotta have you back on. And We'd love to have it's you back on again. That'd be amazing. Yeah, it's exciting, man. Let me know, man. I guys, it's been a pleasure and an honor to be on here. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, thank awesome. You. Thank you for joining us, everybody. The great legendary C. W. Anderson. Thank you, sir. Thank you. See you guys. Later. Take care, buddy. See ya. Man. Oh man. How about it, Chase? How about it, man? Dude. That was awesome. That That was was awesome. Legendary wrestler himself. Holy shit. That's three. Nearly. That's three decades. Yes. Road hitting ropes. Mm. No clues. How to Mm. tell the story Mm. from from turnbuckle to turnbuckle. That's legendary, right there. Yep. Can't even say nothing else about it, man. Another great episode, another great interview, Chase. Yeah, this is an amazing. I, I can't say nothing else, man. You know, like these are our ropes, and these are our roads, and I couldn't be running with anyone else, man. Best tag team partner in the world, right there, Best baby. Team partner in the world. <laughs> Yo, thank y'all for listening. Thank y'all for watching. Thank y'all for supporting. Tune in next time for another edition of FN Wrestling. Peace.